स्टोरीज फ्रॉम उपनिषद्स रिटोल्ड बाय अर्घ्या गोस्वामी This is the part 2 of the interesting events and debates which took place during the symposium arranged by King Janaka of Vidya. We heard about Yagyavalkya's decision to take home 1000 cows with 10 gold coins tied to their horns and how he was stopped and challenged by eminent scholars such as Ashwala and Arthabhaga. They both got involved in a debate with Yagyavalkya and eventually accepted their defeat. While Yagyavalkya wanted to leave the symposium, he was again challenged by few other eminent scholars. Before I start today's story, one point I would like to mention. In my view, this Upanishad was written post Mahabharata era as this mentions Parikshit, who was the grandson of the great Pandava Arjuna. This part 2 of the story is about the various debates between Yagyavalkya and scholars such as Bhujyu, Usastha and Kahola. So sit back and listen to some of the greatest thoughts which are mentioned in Brihadaranyaka Upanishad. Bhujyu the grandson of scholar lahaya stopped and challenged yagnavalka yagnavalka smiled and greeted bhujyu with folded palms bhujyu asked when i was a student and was traveling to the kingdom of madra we visited patanchala's residence we came to know that his daughter was possessed by a gandharva we wanted to help the girl so we started inquiring the gandharva after a pause bhujyu continued we asked gandharva who he was the gandharva said his name was sudhavan and he was a descendant of sage angirasa we wanted to taste gandharva further we asked him about the limits of the world and so questioned him where were the descendants of parikshit After a pause Bhujyu looked at Jagabalka and with a serious expression asked him Yagyavalka now I ask you the same question where were the descendants of Parikshit friends few things to clarify here firstly Gandharva means a celestial non-human being who can change its form and shape and possess humans Gandharvas have been mentioned in numerous indian mythologies and ancient scriptures secondly i want to throw some light on the timeline of this upanishad it is very clear that bhujyu asked gandharva and yagyavalkya about the descendants of parikshit as per mahabharata parikshit was the son of abhimanyu and grandson of the great pandava arjuna so in all possibility this upanishad was written quite some time after mahabharata So it demonstrates that Mahabharata 
might not be just an epic or mythology rather might have actually occurred as we know the documented existence of yagyavalkya gargi and many other characters as mentioned in this brihadaranyaka upanishad well these are my thoughts based on the logic i just presented thirdly we must also understand the ashwamedha yagya or the famous horse sacrifice as this will be one of the response of yagyavalkya later on the chosen horse is left to roam around throughout the kingdom and beyond its borders whichever areas or regions the horse wanders into is claimed by the yajmana king of the horse sacrifice if the king or the ruler of that land or area doesn't challenge the king who has arranged ashwamedha the yajmana king claims that portion of land as a part of his kingdom as per the scriptures this sacrifice produces both collective and individual results whether combined with meditation or performed exclusively it is the highest of all rites as per smritis there is nothing more heinous than killing a noble brahmin nor anything more meritorious than a horse sacrifice so let's get back to the story now yagyavalkya thought for a while and then replied parikshit had performed ashwamedha yagya during his reign So Gandharva had told you that the descendants of Parikshit went to where the performers of horse sacrifices go. Thirty-two times the space covered by the sun's chariot in a day makes this world. Around it, covering twice the area, is the earth. Around the earth, covering twice the area, is the ocean. They pass through a very slim opening at the junction of two halves of a cosmic shell. the opening is as slim as an edge of a razor or wing of a fly fire in form of a falcon delivered the descendants of parikshit to the air and the air took them to where the previous performers of horse sacrifices were thus the gandharva praised the air by symbolizing the cosmic vital force therefore the air is the diversity of individuals and also the aggregate one who knows this as such conquers further death so friends things to note here that yagyavalkya actually explained the dimension of the cosmic orb he said that 32 times the space covered by sun's chariot in a day makes this world which is surrounded by the mountain loka aloka This is the world which constitutes the body of Viraj and in which the people reap the fruits of their past action. This is the limit of Loka and beyond that is Aloka. The air is the vital force as it is the inner self of all beings whether moving or stationary. It is also outside them. The air is the diversity of individuals in forms relating to the body. elements and gods the air is also an aggregate as one cosmic vital force one who knows this attains identity with the air in its individual and collective form after dying once he dies no more after listening to yagyavalkya's response bhujyu felt satisfied and decided to sit down and accepted his defeat
Yagavalka was again victorious. He was ready to leave the symposium as everyone looked at Yagavalka. All of them were quite impressed by his knowledge and wisdom. Yagavalka waited for another challenge from the wise men and women. Usasta, the son of Chakra, was inquisitive and eager to question Yagavalka. He always wondered about the self as a distinct entity and wanted to know more on that. He got up, greeted Yagavalka and asked him, Yagavalka, explain to me the Brahman that is immediate and direct, the self that is within all. The meaning of Usasta's question is deep. He wanted to know what is that self which is within all. The word self refers to the inner self or Atman. He wanted to know clearly what is meant by self which is within all. Yagavalka was quite surprised to hear such a highly philosophical question from Usasta. He thought for a while and replied, This is yourself that is within all. That which breathes through prana is yourself that is within all. That which moves down through apana is yourself that is within all. That which penetrates through Vyana is yourself that is within all. That which goes out through Udana is yourself that is within all. This is yourself that is within all. Now dear listeners, before I go on with Yagyavalka's explanation to Usasta's question on self as distinct entity, I would like to throw some light on the terms such as prana, apana, vayana and udana. I hope you have listened to the story of prana which was featured as a part of this podcast series. If not, please listen to it. Well, in short, prana is the vital life force. As per Nisva Sattva Samhita Naya Sutra, there are five types of vayus or winds and they are Prana, Apana, Udana, Vayana and Samana and explained as Prana is the movement inward and downward. It is the vital life force. Balanced Prana leads to balanced and calm mind and emotions. Its location are head, lungs and heart. Apana Movement is outward and downward. It is related to the process of elimination, reproduction and skeleton health, absorption of nutrients. Balanced apana leads to healthy digestive and reproductive system. Its location is lower abdomen. Udana is the movement upward and it is related to the respiratory functions, speech and functioning of the brain. Balanced Udana leads to healthy respiratory system, clarity of speech, healthy mind, good memory and creativity. Its location in the human body is in the diaphragm and throat. Samana is the movement, spiral and concentrated around the navel like a churning motion. It is related to the digestion on all levels. Balanced Samana leads to a healthy Metabolism. Its location in human body is the navel. Vayana 
is the movement outward like the circulatory process. It is related to the circulatory system, nervous system and cardiac system. Balanced Vayana leads to healthy heart, circulation and balanced nerves. Its location in the human body is originating from heart and distributed throughout the human body. So here, Usastha actually indicated the questions about the life force within the organism and what is the self within that. Now coming back to the explanation of Yajnavalka's response to Usastha. One which is immediate, direct and unobstructed is the Brahman. It is the vastest and self of all and is within all. The body and the sense organs are immersed into yourself. That is, the self of the body and sense organs. There are three levels of hierarchy which can be visualized as a body which is the outermost and within it there is another subtle body consisting of the organs. And the third one is the Brahman whose existence is doubted. Yagyavalka then explained the physiology of body using the examples of Vayus. He said that he breathes through prana, which means prana is inhalation through mouth and nose, which is unobstructed and direct and also makes prana breathe. That is the individual self of the body and organs. Similarly, Yagyavalka takes examples of other vayus by which the body and organ are made to breathe and do other functions. As these vayus are associated with several functions of the body, the body is just like a wooden puppet which cannot do anything unless it is guided and operated by someone. Similarly, the human body and organs must be operated and guided by an intelligent principle without which they cannot perform any function such as breathing. The intelligent principle is the individual self which aids the body and organs to perform their own functions. Hence that principle distinct from the body and organ exists and makes them functional. On hearing the explanation of Yajnavalka, Usastha was angry and impatient. He started accusing Yagnavalka to be a trickster as he was not giving him direct answers, rather was answering him using different examples and metaphors. He said to the scholar, Yagnavalka, you have indicated it as one may propose one thing and then being in doubt will say something else. You too have used various metaphors and examples to explain Brahman just like someone, for instance, to describe a cow or a horse may say certain characteristic of that animal, such as cow that walks or horse that runs. You too have tried to explain Brahman using certain examples like breathing and prana in similar way. Please provide me a direct and immediate explanation of Brahman, that self which is within all instead of telling me in all these metaphors. This question irritated Yagyavalkya a bit, as he didn't expect Usastha to say all these things in the symposium, which was full of learned men and women. Yagyavalkya stood his ground and said, I stick to the examples what I said earlier, Usastha. 
You want me to present self as one would present it in a jar? Unfortunately, it is not possible. Because of the very nature of the self, the self is the witness of vision. There are two types of visions, ordinary and eternal. The ordinary vision is the function of mind as it is connected with the eye. Therefore, it is an act which is performed. This has a beginning and an end. It is not eternal. The eternal vision is one which doesn't have a beginning or an end. This vision belongs to the self and is like heat and light of fire. It is the very essence of witness. Ordinary vision is like an act affected by the object seen and reveals only its colors and form but not the inner self that infuses it. Therefore, you cannot see that inner self which is witness of vision. Similarly, you cannot hear that which is the hearer of hearing. You cannot think which is the thinker of the thought. You cannot know that which is the knower of the knowledge. This is the self that is within all and everything else such as the body or the subtle body consisting of organs is perishable. Only Brahman is imperishable and changeless. This is the very nature of the thing. Hence, it cannot be described as we can describe a cow or a horse. After listening to this explanation of Brahman, Usasta was speechless and silently accepted his defeat and sat down in his place. The Goshti was again buzzing with whispers and wonders. All learned scholars, sages and priests were talking to each other, trying to understand what they heard during these debates. King Janaka too was in deep thought on the explanation of Brahman provided by Yagyavalka. Silently, most of the scholars started admiring Yagyavalka's knowledge power of debate and philosophy on Brahman and Self. Then after a while, Yagyavalka was again called for another debate by the scholar Kahola, who was son of Kaushtikeya. He asked him the same question, but from a different angle. Yagyavalka can you please explain to me Brahman, which is immediate and direct, the self that is within all? This is your self that is within all. Which is within all? Basically, it can be debated as both Kahola and Usasta had asked Yagyavalka the same question. Did they ask about the same self or different selves? Although some thinkers and scholars have contemplated it as two different selves, but as per Adi Shankaracharya, both of them had asked about one same self. Both Kahola and Usasta had used the word your before self. The same body and senses cannot have two different selves. If one of the two be Brahman in primary sense, the other must be secondary. Similarly, with selfhood and being within all, then these terms would become contradictory. If one of the two Brahmans be the self, primary and within all, then all other must be secondary, non-self 
and not within all therefore both scholars inquired about the same self yagavalka thought for a while and replied to kahola kahola it is that which transcends hunger and thirst grief delusion decay and death knowing this very self the learned men and brahmins renounce the desire for sons for wealth and for worlds lead a saintly life that which is the desire for sons is the desire for wealth and that which is the desire for wealth is desire for the worlds for both these are but desires therefore the knower of brahman having known all about scholarship should not try to live upon that strength which comes from knowledge having known all about this strength and scholarship he becomes meditative and having known all about the meditation and its opposites he becomes the knower of brahman the knower of brahman can behave in whatsoever manner but he is just like that and rest everything is perishable what yagavalka meant was that the self is that which beats hunger and thirst hunger and thirst are humanly vital functions grief is a desire as it is a discomfort one feels when one enticing things remain unfulfilled or not done this feeling kindles desire delusion is a mistake raising from incorrect notions and a source of all troubles both grief and delusion affect human minds decay is a state in which a thing or a body modifies and times out it gradually loses its beauty beautiful human body gets covered in wrinkles with time and decay the death is the fall of a body and is the final stage of modification and beyond that the organisms ceases to exist anymore the vital functions such as hunger and thirst depreciation of minds such as grief and delusion and gradually fall of human body such as decay and death are in unbroken succession doing this very self is knowing one's reality the supreme brahman is eternally devoid of any relative attributes and is ever satisfied the learned men and brahmins who knows this self will renounce the desires of having sons that means lead a life of demons and devils one who performs meditation along with correct rituals may win the world of gods or meditation on hiranyagarbha which is the divine wealth it is only through the knowledge of brahman the renunciation takes place they renounce the objects of desire which lead them to the world that is not self the knower of brahman renounces their rights and accessories such as the sacred thread and lead a life of a monk of highest order or paramahansa the self is to be realized to be heard of to be reflected on 
for self knowledge is to be attained and self is devoid of attributes such as hunger thirst grief delusion decay and death is to be known as the different from the means and results of action knowledge and ignorance cannot coexist together as they are contradictory as light and darkness therefore the knower of brahman must not have any relation with worldly matters and renounce everything and must lead a life of a paramahansa repeat paramahansa this strength comes from the knowledge the knower of brahman has the knowledge of self the knower of brahman must be in true state of self and eliminate all worldly pleasures and detach himself and remain eternally free kahola after listening to this explanation didn't had any further guts to ask anything else he greeted yagyavalka with folded palms and sat down in his place yagyavalka was again victorious and was undefeated in the debates will yagyavalka prevail above other scholars will he remain victorious will he be able to take home the cows along with the gold coins come on let's find it out in the part 3 of this great debate so until then This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio. If you wish to start your own podcast for free, visit www.hubhopperstudio.com.